Hello, everyone, and welcome to HR Works, the podcast for HR professionals. We really appreciate you taking time out of your busy day to join us. I'm the host of HR Works, Jim Davis, and the editor of the HR Daily Advisor. Today is a very special episode because we're going to take a look at how both Star Wars Empire and Rebellion both produce endless employment law violations and keep very poor HR practices. I'm very pleased to be joined today by Simplify Media's own Justin Scase, a colleague of mine who is the editor of the Environmental Health and Safety Daily Advisor. Justin is also the host of our sister podcast, EHS On Tap. Make sure you check out his podcast. I've shared a link in the description. We are actually recording another episode with an EHS perspective that is live right now on the EHS On Tap podcast. As many of you know, today is May the 4th, and I'd just like to take this moment to say to you, Justin, thank you so much for joining me today, and may the 4th be with you. All right. Thanks so much for having me, Jim. May the 4th be with you, too. Thanks, man. It's a a real pleasure. Um, I spent a few weeks now considering major employment law violations that are present in the Star Wars universe, and to start things off, I want to take a look at the engagement issue, uh, specifically that the Empire has. As you may remember, yeah, I mean, it's... It's it's got to be abysmal. <laughs> it's, yeah, ruled through fear, fear and uh, and aggression. Never a great look. Uh, definitely at least a toxic uh, work environment. If you remember Luke Luke Skywalker, of course, he had a friend Biggs Darklighter, and Biggs was actually joined the Imperial Academy to be a fighter pilot early on. And uh, it didn't take much much time for him to defect to the Rebel Alliance. And if we remember earlier in the movie, Luke himself was a prospective student just needed to get away from that moisture farm for a little while so he could join the uh the very same the very same academy and uh obviously his lines changed when he found the charred remains of his aunt and uncle at the hands of the empire so not really a great yeah. way to recruit and retain employees is it no no it seems like the exact opposite of what you would want to do in that situation <laughs> yeah i mean you can't just be going around charring everybody you know you got to you got to have some sort of reason to get people in the in the door in the first place. I don't know if you have any idea like what they what they offer that gets recruits on board. Uh, it it kind of seems to me like threat of force plays a large <laughs> role in their recruitment program. Uh, that's that's what it seems like to me. And then once you get in there, like you said, it's like a culture of fear. It's like when your boss's boss's boss is like routinely killing managers who displease <laughs> him. With you know force chokes, it's like how how does that make your employees feel about their job? Yeah, and you know that'll make anyone fudge the numbers just so that they don't get force choked to death. Um, <laughs> we also saw in the uh, some of the newer movies. I, I know now I'm talking about the First Order, but they're basically the Empire. I mean, it's essentially yeah. the same thing. They just rebranded, you know, yep. move some shell corporations around. Yeah, they um, they rolled out a new logo and everything. Yeah, yeah, but. Pretty much the same modus operandi. Uh, later, we saw Stormtrooper FN2199 having a crisis of morality when he and his fellow soldiers were ordered to wipe out the villagers during the attack on, I think it's Twanel. His defection to the Resistance, uh, which is now called the... It's, it was the Rebel Alliance, now it's the Resistance. Again, same right. thing, just rebranding. Yep. That's a pretty severe blow, especially in a world where things about the size of a Womp Rat can detonate your moon-sized uh, planet-killing space station. So... <laughs> I'm sure there are many other examples. I don't know if you have any. Well, you know, I mean, they go through all that rebranding and they still have the same weaknesses in their uh, in their systems, right? Womp rat sized systems that just bring down <laughs> the uh, size vulnerabilities, excuse me, that just bring down the whole system. So, yeah. yeah. And, you know, any backwater 
backwater pilot worth his salt could nail one of those yeah. from, yeah. you know, great distance. So, I mean, it kind of demonstrates, you know, uh, a, a failure to learn from previous mistakes and just uh, sort of repeating the HR history there of your organization there. They, they really need to, you know, sometime in that 30 years between Return of the Jedi and Force Awakens, they should have hired a new head of HR or something. Yeah, know? yeah, I read some research. I don't know what their uh, consulting firms are like out there on the <laughs> on the rim, but uh, just doesn't seem to just doesn't seem to be cutting it. Um, yeah. I wanted to switch topics to diversity uh, and specifically the lack of diversity. It may not always be obvious because they don't come out right out and say it, but the Empire clearly has an idea of what the universe looks like in an ideal world yeah. or an ideal universe. It's all humans, right? Not mm -hmm. alien scum, for example. <laughs> um, their lack of hiring across many species in the universe pushed who knows how many aliens into the ranks of the rebellions, and many of them with, with special powers um, and, and capabilities. And that lack of diversity makes competition pretty challenging. You know, while also alienating employees that feel like outsiders, you know, for whatever reason, maybe they've had a limb or two replaced after an encounter with a Jedi or or they're currently languishing uh, for 1000 years while they're being slowly digested in the Sarlacc pit. You know, <laughs> they got to wonder, am I included in this empire? You know, they don't even want aliens in and, and here I am in the belly of one, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, one of the things that. uh you mentioning that reminds me of is the only time that I seem to recall the Empire making an effort to employ aliens is in The Empire Strikes Back when they can't find the Millennium Falcon and they turn to the group of bounty hunters where there are many aliens there. And it's like, so it, those are basically like gig or temporary workers, right? Yeah. It's like, that's that's the only thing that they'll hire aliens for? That's, uh, hmm. Yeah, and you know, uh, as a, a recent responded to one of our surveys said about contract workers they're a lot easier to fire aren't they yeah it sure seems that way and then of course they also set up a culture right there where it's like they pit their temporary workers against one another they incentivize them to undercut other other employees efforts you know they're basically in a race to who gets the job done first so that's not really a good motivator for your employees either whether they be full-time employees part-time employees temporary gig employees yeah, I mean, they're really competing against themselves in that term. And, you know, the cost for the contract workers is probably pretty extreme, too. Um, there's also the issue with the lack of diversity, which leads to a lack of diversity of thought, you know, a lack of innovation. And let's face it, I think the Empire and the First Order all together have created maybe seven Death Star devices across the movies yeah. and TV show. Uh, the Empire could probably use some fresh ideas, right? They really could. I mean, even their even their spaceships and stuff. It's like they're slightly modified. Of course, the thing is, the Rebel Alliance and the Resistance they have the same sort of problem when it comes to their devices. But you get a feeling that that's because of lack of resources rather than you know. Uh, well, this last thing it worked well enough until it blew up. So let's <laughs> that that probably won't happen again, right? Yeah, and they're always coming up with creative solutions to difficult problems where the Empire is regularly narrow-minded and unable to to yeah. anticipate those kinds of creative moves, like shooting a wombat rat-sized hole uh, <laughs> on your surface. I mean, the whole... And we'll get into the safety the safety stuff in the other episode, but that, that trench, 
as ha- offer some real interesting safety concerns. Um, yeah. Why? Why do they have so many blasters down there? I don't know. It's supp- just supposed to be a trench. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I also saw some weird, you know, amongst the empire, some religious intolerance. I mean, I don't know if you remember, but uh, at least one high-ranking officer constituted what could be described as a disturbing lack of faith. It was Admiral <laughs> Conan Antonio Modi. He he talked down to the differently abled Darth Vader, who, if you recall, had returned to religion for comfort in his most trying times. And that did result in an incident of workplace violence that was regrettable, uh, particularly for Admiral Modi. You know, it's funny. I didn't even know that guy's name that Darth Vader choked in the first movie. <laughs> I had to look Congrats. it up. <laughs> <laughs> Who names these people? It doesn't matter. Um. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, that, that that is a really good point. It's like that was an example of religious discrimination. He, uh, he you know, really got in Darth Vader's face about his uh, belief in the Force. And yeah, that... That did result in a rather um, interesting boardroom altercation there at that particular organization. Yeah, I mean, it's not entirely clear if he was all the way dead or just knocked unconscious, but I'm pretty sure that it, uh, either way, you know, it's just hard to move forward from that. Yeah, he gets back up. Uh, oh, he does? You know, he, yeah, because remember, Moff Tarkin tells him, you know, hey, Vader, release him. And he's like, yeah, That's okay, right. okay That's right. whatever. It's like, you know, he heard his, his CEO's like, hey, we can't have this happening in the boardroom right now. <laughs> but, you know, it's it's still a disturbing incident nonetheless for everyone involved. Yeah, absolutely. I think there were a lot of believers came out of that meeting, though, you know, um, <laughs> uh, which is weird because, you know, you don't want to be proselytized at work either, but... Mm. And when it's Darth Vader, you might not have much of a choice. So, I mean, so far we've been focused pretty heavily on the Empire, but it's not like the Rebellion doesn't have their own issues. Um, mm. They are, unlike the Empire, um, just really sort of open-ended, accepting kind of any kind of uh, solution, whatever it may be. And they seem to really encourage and espouse taking incredible risks, um, including sacrificing your own life to save your fellow employees uh, to such a degree that some will even jump in front of a, a door breaching laser uh, at the drop of the hat. I'm looking at you, Finn. Uh, he, yeah. he survived, but he tried, you know, um, he did. The movies also have seen vice Admiral Holdo. Uh, that was Laura Dern's character. She used the hyperdrive to an incredible effect against the first order, but ultimately, you know, sacrificing her own life uh, for that, for that shot at that fleet. And even Luke Skywalker was willing to lay down his life uh, during his team building exercise with the Emperor and Darth Vader uh, at the culmination yeah. of the Return of the Jedi. Um, yeah, that was probably viewed as like an employee orientation gone horribly wrong on the part of the Emperor. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the Emperor's trying to acquire the Rebel Alliance, right? You know, and they're in there yeah. having their important negotiations, and and Luke's going in there thinking he's going to die, and he's like. Mm. okay with that so i mean plus he had he had faith in his in his friends which the emperor did find disturbing so it mm. just goes to show the kind of culture that the rebel the rebel lines has i think they their hearts in the right place but i think we can all agree they have a unhealthy fixation with mortal sacrifice 
Yeah, that that might say something about their safety culture, but we we can talk about that over on the EHS Untapped <laughs> part of the uh, part of the day. We absolutely will, and, and I look forward to it. Um, there is one other area that I feel like doesn't get talked about a lot in HR or or in Star Wars, which is the comfort level that the Rebel Alliance has with corporate espionage. Um, you know, the entire first series of the movie starts with a high ranking employee actually stealing protected information in the form of the Death Star plans. And when she's being apprehended by the authorities, she even entrusts that data to just some random droid lying around without any concern for security. <laughs> uh, we see this over and over again with stolen plants, supply chain disruption, and the use of illegal hacking entities with disreputable names like R2-D2 and Chopper. <laughs> <laughs> These unsavory practices live deep in the cultural fabric of both the Rebel Alliance and the Resistance later on. And uh, clearly the HR departments could use some more high, highly qualified candidates with a, a certain dedication to the rules. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I never thought about that aspect of it before. There is a lot of, you know, corporate espionage going on between the two of them. And it it definitely does seem that, um, you know, when an organization really believes that it is in the right 100%, they're willing to kind of step outside the bounds of what, uh, especially here on earth in our, you know, uh, employment law would be rather frowned upon. Yeah, absolutely. And remember, these are our ancestors. I mean, I know they're from uh, a galaxy oh, yeah, a long far, time far ago, away, right? but it was a long time ago. And, and here we are with the same problems and the same issues in our organizations <laughs> today. So, yeah, know. yeah. Um, I don't know if you had any any other HR concerns that you were thinking of over the last well. Weeks. You know, it's funny that we were uh, we're talking about just like organization and, you know, the nature of Star Wars is that we usually see it from the perspective of like the high ranking people within the various organizations, mm. whether it be the Empire or um, the Rebel Alliance. But one thing that I don't know that it specifically raises like an HR issue per se, but one thing and this was in... Um, the Disney Plus series, The Mandalorian, that just stood out to me as like, this is pr this might be what your employees are like right now in the break room, is in the season finale of season one, when those two scout troopers, you know, who had just kidnapped mm. uh, the baby Yoda, they're just hanging out at their bikes, and they're just basically complaining to each other about how miserable this job is. And they're just like, you know, talking about, well, the the boss just killed somebody, apparently. So I'm not going down there. Are you going to go down there? It's like, we're just going to hang around up here. And then, you know, they they shoot at some cans that are on the ground. And, you know, because they're stormtroopers, they can't hit the broad side of a barn. And, you know, it's just it was really funny. It was some comic relief. But it's also like that's what the break room is probably like at the empire at the empire yeah. and it's like where's you know if you want the finger your finger on the pulse of your company culture it's like listen to the two guys who are hanging around the speeder bikes just you know shooting the breeze about what's going on in their daily work yeah i mean they're gonna be telling how it really is and then that really is a reflection of the the poor workplace culture that takes place over there and, and to say nothing of their terrible training regiment i mean yeah. Of course, another thing that just occurred to me, uh, you know, we were talking about diversity a, a while back and, you know, in the prequel movies, it's they literally built an organization of clones. Mm. That is 
a whole other aspect to that to that discussion of what they you know expect of their employees they really expect uh not a whole lot of diversity of thought there yeah and they, they grow them twice as quick so does that mean they die twice as fast i mean the ethical concerns are through the roof um crazy it, it is and then you have you know safety issues like disease resistance across you know clones real problem um mm -hmm. And putting those chips in their brains to control them, you know, when Order 66 came around, also raises some ethical issues. I guess they felt like just because they grew the clones, they could do whatever they wanted with their brains. And uh, how do you yeah. think the others were feeling about that? I know at least a couple Jedi were a little uneasy. A lot of people were wondering how Yoda didn't see that coming. <laughs> it's, a, it's a big question. It's like, hmm, this army was raised by the now Count Dooku, I guess it's our army. Better not think about it anymore. We really <laughs> needed them anyway, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A lot of a lot of interesting things, you know, from an HR perspective when you really sit down and think about it. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I guess the only nice thing is without clearly any kind of present HR organization, at least on the rebel side, I mean, they really get to fast track those decisions. You know, they're never getting bogged down in a board meeting just because they have to discuss the ethics you know, or the yeah, concerns also, of the employees. Yeah, you don't see a lot of people in uh, the Star Wars movies doing paperwork, that's for sure. Definitely, definitely not. Well, I think that's about all the time we have for this part, but I just want to thank you again, Justin, for, for joining me on this this episode. Yeah, thank you, Jim. It was a lot of fun. Good it talking was. to you. Yeah, you too, man. Listeners, we're always interested in suggestions you might have for HR Works to cover next. Please feel free to reach out to us on Twitter at HR Works Podcast with your suggestions or just... Any thoughts or concerns you might have about the podcast in general, do remember to hop over to the EHS on Tap podcast to listen to the environmental health and safety concerns that plague the Star Wars universe. That should be live right now. There will be a link in the description. Thank you for listening. This is Jim Davis with HR Works.